It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, intellectual, and uh, spiritual, I guess you would call it facets of who we are as human beings. Um, a lot of people, you know, we just kind of think of ourselves as a human, um, but in many respects, we are so multifaceted, and if we don't keep those areas in balance, uh, it can create disharmony in our lives, and so we end up uh, feeling discontent, or maybe we end up being depressed or anxious, or some other emotion that we don't quite understand because our lives are going seemingly well, and yet we're just not totally happy. Um, and um, one of the things we found out is that when you keep these facets in balance, your life has a better chance, at least, of being more complete, uh, connected to all that is around you, nature, human beings that are in your life, um, and you know, it just works better. So um, Paul is here with me today. He is back um, Paul has been with me on a number of shows in the past, and it's always a lot of fun to have him here. But um, before we get started on today's show, which I think you're going to find totally fascinating, um, we're going to talk for just a couple of seconds about where we are as we're approaching the midpoint of 2021. So we're six months into this year. We've come through all of 2020 looking at the pandemic and how it has rearranged our lives and the importance of staying healthy. And I point out to people to go to my website, which is www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. All of my shows are archived there. They're also, of course, on all the platforms now and have been since September of 2020. So there's a lot of shows now on the platforms as well. But what I want to say to you is that even though you may have received one of the vaccines for, um, you know, the SARS virus, uh, COVID-19, um, we know that there are going to be a lot of different viruses that are morphing from this particular one. And we know that, you know, people are probably going to be asked to take other vaccines. Um, I want you to understand as you're listening to this show that getting the vaccine is not the end all for staying healthy. Uh, it will protect you possibly from the COVID virus, but in order to truly be healthy, you're going to have to do a few other things that require some work on your part. Uh, maybe a little bit of exercise on a regular <laughs> basis, making sure that your sleep is as uninterrupted as possible because sleep is where our bodies heal making sure that nutritionally you're feeding your body what it needs in order to stay healthy, uh, trying to keep your stress load at a bare minimum, uh, if it is at all possible. And that's relationships as well as work, as well as other things that might be creating stress in your life. So it's not just getting the vaccine that's going to keep you healthy. It's taking responsibility for your health in a meaningful way. So if you go to my website and you look at Boomers Forever Young, they have a wealth of information. They have their own podcast now, but they have a wealth of information on products and health in general and what you need to do to stay healthy. And if you decide that you want to order any of those products, uh, you can use my first name on the discount code. It's L-U-C-Y. You will get $5 off of each and every order. And, um, you know, a little bit helps is the way I look at it. And so I'd love for you to try some of their products and learn how to take that personal responsibility for being a healthier individual. So let me tell you a little bit about Paul in case you haven't heard him on the shows before. And if you haven't, then I think you're going to have fun looking him up on all of the other shows where he has been with me. Uh, he is an author. He's a speaker. He's a life breakthrough mentor and blogger. Uh, he's also a certified hypnotherapist. Uh, we've played with that a little bit on a, a past show, I think. We did, yes. Yeah, and that was fun. Um, he's a certified neuro-linguistic practitioner, 
um, and for several years he's been teaching and enlightening his students with methods that transform their lives. And these include living from happiness and joy every moment of your life, being healthy and pain-free, communicating such that all your relationships are perfect. And he has published uh, and authored a book called Your Life Sucks No More, uh, The Ultimate Guide to Manifesting Your Perfect Life. So, Paul, welcome back to the show. I'm thrilled to have you back again. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. It's, it's uh, a pleasure to be here. I love doing these shows with you. We so, are going to be talking today about something that, um, well, first of all, um, everybody is welcome to have this from you, but I didn't, I guess, know about them until uh, you started sending me uh, a daily kind of a, uh, have you thought about this? I, I don't know exactly what you're calling it off the top of my head, but it's a daily reminder of, um, okay, words from your spirit. And um, our spirit sort of lives within us, as, I, as that's the way I look at it anyways. And so um, as we contemplate our day, as we get up, uh, this arrives in my e-box, my mailbox, mm -hmm. and it's just been such fun for me to, you know, read this because it's short, it's sweet, it kind of helps set the tone for the day, mm -hmm. and in some cases I have thought about it all day long, uh, in other cases it's just a nice little reminder of something that maybe I already knew. So you're working towards 365 of them, yes. you have how many now, 200 and... About 280. Yeah, so... I mean, that is a lot of work just to come up with all these different concepts, but they're such provoking, um, you know, they kind of shake you up a little bit and just make you think about, oh, I, I hadn't considered that as a possibility. So one of the ones you sent was about Eeyore. Yes. And we all have probably been students of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and, um, you know, Piglet and Eeyore and Christopher Robin. And Tigger. S and Don't Tigger. Tigger. I love Tigger. A little bouncy Tigger. <clears throat> um, but Eeyore's personality, we've seen in so many different people. And I think the pandemic brought it out even more. Uh, because people who tended to be a little bit on the depressed side are looking at life as this is all there is. Really got a double whammy you know, yeah. in 2020, because they couldn't leave their homes, they couldn't see their friends, they couldn't touch one another. There were so many different things that were going wrong. And it was maybe confirming uh, to those individuals who think like Eeyore, you know, this is the way life is. You know, I always knew it would be this way, and now here is my proof. Yeah. Um, so they were coming from, from that position yes. in their thinking. Mm -hmm. So... I ask you to talk about that today because I think that it's important to understand that there are people that we're going to meet and there are people that are in our families and we might even be married to one of them who is, no matter what you say, it's not going to make any difference. <laughs> that's, that's a good point, exactly. Okay. It doesn't matter how rosy you paint the picture in front of them, they're going to see it as a dark cloud. Right, right, yes. you know, that follows them around. Yes. So. Poor Eeyore. Uh, poor Eeyore, yeah. So, Should I read the email? Yeah, absolutely. All righty. So, yes, I send out these emails called Words from Your Spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll give the website later, but on my website you can sign up for these emails. And they will arrive in your inbox every few days. Mm -hmm. And they are there to uplift and empower you and get you to think and uh, possibly transform your life in the process. Uh -huh. So this particular email is entitled uh, Eeyore. Do you remember Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh? Poor Eeyore. There's always a dark, rainy cloud over his head, even when everyone else has sunshine. Poor Eeyore. He's so sad. By contrast, Piglet is happy, excited, and joyful. Could happiness and sadness be opposites? Yes, they are. Just like light and dark are opposites. How do we remove darkness when you walk into a room? Turn on the light. How do we remove sadness? Turn on the happiness. 
Persistent happiness wipes away sadness. Do something that makes you happy every day. Think of, these th think of things that make you happy all day, every day. Mm. So that was the email. Mm -hmm. Now, what I skipped over, there was a link at the very beginning in, in the second sentence. I skipped the second sentence of the email because there was a link to a video to watch. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna listen to that video right now. It's only a minute and 13 seconds long. And uh, brace yourself because this is Eeyore. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, hit play. back on properly or? No matter. Most likely lose it again anyway. Poor dear. You know, I may have just the thing. Up, up, up you go. <laughs> there you are. It's an awful nice tale, Kanga. Much nicer than the rest of me. It's not much of a tale, but I'm sort of attached to it. Not much of a house. Just right for not much of a donkey. Might take a day or two, but I'll find a new one. End of the road. Nothing to do. And no hope of things getting better. Sounds like Saturday night at my house. Okay, let me just stop that. So that was Eeyore. Anybody identify? Anybody out there like, oh my God, that's me. Right? I mean, the things that he's saying, I, I hope you felt the, the, the daggers in your heart as you heard Eeyore beat up on himself. And if you're identifying that that's you, I just want to tell you, that doesn't have to be your life anymore. We don't have to beat ourselves up. We don't have to feel bad about the future, about ourselves, about um, the things we want. I mean, gosh, the, 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 uh, the, there was the one scene, and I realize you didn't see the picture. I'm watching the picture while you're listening to it. And there's this one scene where he's got a bunch of sticks forming like a, a tent. No covering, just the sticks. Mm -hmm. And that's when he goes, oh, not much of a home, or not much of a what, what, house, house mm -hmm. but then not, so for, for not much of a donkey. Right. Do you have that voice in your head? Do, is, there, is there that voice that beats you up every time you look at something that could be a good thing in your life, that could brighten your day? Right. I remember Esther Hicks, yes. you know, and Abraham, channeling Abraham, and one of the things that was so important uh, that she was trying to get across, um, you know, with her whole concept of, you know, the law of attraction and how we look at things, is if you went around with a $100 bill in your purse or you're in your wallet, you know, depending on male or female, and, um, you know, you said, I could have that if I wanted it. Maybe you remember that part of, of her um, story. But, you know, just the fact that you can, you have the option, it breaks that cycle of people who say, I can't, I yes. can't afford this, I can't afford that, I can't do this, I can't do that. Instead of saying, I could if I wanted to, but then you have the choice. And I choose not to. And I choose not to. I'm going right. to wait for, you know, something that I want even more. But if I did want it, I could do I it. I could do it. And that is a freeing kind of a Quite. situation, as opposed to thinking in a limited way of, like Eeyore, not much of a house, but not much of a donkey. Yeah. You know, so he didn't feel he deserved anything more yeah, than it's what self, he had. Yeah, it's self-deprecation. Mm -hmm. So, whereas that could be humorous at times, mm -hmm. Eeyore's not doing it from a humor perspective. No, and if you're Eeyore living, believes it. Right, and if you're mm -hmm. living with somebody like that, or if one of your best friends is that, you know, after a while, you're exhausted because you don't even know what to say anymore to begin to make that shift. And I think those people 
then begin to lose their friends. The very support, you know, that they want, mm. they don't have anymore because their friends they have... chased them away. Exactly. They, they've reached a point where they're just totally exhausted in trying to help somebody see it differently. Yeah, and, and I guess you kind of... Uh, you just started talking to the friend of the person in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and to them, I would say, it's not your responsibility to lift up your... No, but okay. how many people want to do that? Because, you know, that that's what they are. They're caregivers. They're caregivers, And exactly. so they desperately want to make a difference in somebody's life by showing them that it can be beautiful. Yes. Yes. So really, what, what you started to talk about there is changing our focus. Mm-hmm. Whereas Eeyore was focused on everything that would go wrong or everything that could go wrong, everything that had gone wrong in the past, <laughs> right. okay, and the conclusions he had made from those things going wrong. Right. If, you change, if we change our focus away from the things we don't want and towards the things we do want, the, everything can change. Our lives can completely turn around simply by thinking about what you want every day. Wake up in the morning and say, what do I want today? Mm-hmm. And by focusing on what we want, this is basically the law of attraction. Right. It's, it, we will draw into our lives more of the things we want. You've done this, I know, yourself. And I've certainly done it. But let's take a pretend situation where um, somebody out there is listening and they go, I would love to change my work environment. We'll use one that's more neutral. And uh, not that it's terribly neutral, but it's maybe more so than, you know, I want to change my home environment. That might be a little more personal. So what would be the beginning steps for that individual? They know that their work environment is highly stressful. They know it's not giving them satisfaction anymore. They know that um, it's probably affecting their health. Uh, It's affecting their personal relationships because they're so stressed. Where do they begin to say, I'm going to take that first step in making my life different? So, as I said a second ago, it all begins with turning our focus to what we want. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a client who had a job, and when we first met, this was one of the issues that we talked about, because she was not happy in her job. Okay. And the first question that I had for her is, so what would you rather be doing? Right? What do you want? And we talked about what she wanted, and she painted a picture of the job that she wanted, the task that she wanted to be doing. Mm -hmm. And... After she painted that picture, she turns to me and she goes, but nobody's going to want to pay me for that. Oh, wow. Okay. Now that's a belief, right? right? That's a disempowering belief. And that is who Eeyore is. And that's who Eeyore is, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I said, no, that's not true at all. It it so happened that it was not true. The thing she wanted to do in my previous life uh, when I was an engineer, we paid people to do what she wanted to do. And she didn't know that? And she didn't know that. So sometimes it's a knowledge base that they just are making an assumption. And we all know what that is, making an ass out of you and me. But um, we make an assumption that this is the way it is, and we find out, like she did, that wasn't true at all. Right. And, and when I gave her the possibility that there were people who would pay her for what she wanted to do, mm-hmm. she started looking for that. And Lo and behold, found that, not here in Florida, not where she, but she wanted to leave Florida anyway. So she got to go to another state, have this wonderful job, and then after two years of that, she started thinking about what she wants next. So you don't have to stay in any one position or stay stuck. Oh, no, no, no. Everything's in motion. Life is motion. And Eeyore certainly didn't understand that. No, no. Eeyore was stuck in, in his discontent. Now, you know, you and I talked a little bit before the show as far as, is Eeyore clinically depressed? Is, is that part of what's going on with him? To be honest, I, I don't have the credentials to answer that one way or another, but what we talked about before the show was in life, most of the things that stop us in life mm-hmm. are fears. Mm-hmm. Whereas you pointed out, Eeyore had accepted this lot in life. Mm-hmm. 
And so he was at a level of acceptance where fear was no longer the thing stopping him. It was acceptance of a very low position, a very low perspective of himself. I, I want to explore that just a little bit because, you know, it's like which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Mm-hmm. And um, so the Eeyores of the world that maybe have this perspective about their life, how many times is it because they're born into a family, it might be an extended family mm -hmm. of individuals who possibly were clinically depressed, but they had a view that life was limited mm -hmm. and that, you know, um, it, I don't know, they were waiting for Jesus to come back. They were waiting for uh, the lottery. They were waiting for something that was outside of their power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it never was in their hands to change their destiny. It was always the fact that someday, you know, something would come in and change it. And then until then, you know, they were just in their position by virtue of I was born here. This is this is my lot. Now we've seen, um, you know, in the slums of Harlem, you know, in the slums of uh, Watts, you know, di different parts of the United States, where in families the synagogues have, and churches yeah, around the world. Yeah, I mean, th these are <laughs> kids that have nothing that grow up into adults that believe that's the way life is, that their life is not going to improve, and yet we also have beautiful examples of young boys and girls who go no you know that's not who I want to be and I don't I want to break out of this kind of thinking mm -hmm. so how does that kind of happen that we end up with some people who look at the Eeyores around them and go you know if you want to stay here that's fine I still will love you but I'm not going to let you control my happiness you know I'm, I'm going to move on and find my happiness and they have the courage to go do that okay but then you have a whole bunch of them that have Eeyore villages <laughs> and, Eeyore villages okay and and the, I like it and the little village is just there supporting one another as to self-enabling yeah and and you were I mean I don't want to bring in religious belief systems but there are different religious beliefs yes. that say that you can't be happy yeah, uh, that, that or I can't be happy when, mm -hmm. or I can't be happy if, right. or until. If if other people are suffering, that's not right. You know, I need to be kind of in that same. I, I need to suffer because they're suffering. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly, and um, that's, that's the Messiah complex. Is that what it is? Yeah, okay. sure. I, you nail me up to a cross mm -hmm. because because I need to suffer for the world. Okay. Okay, that's the Messiah complex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard it put that way. I, I know people who fall into that category. So. and Or they feel, um, you know, if too much is going their way, they somehow feel guilty. They have to sabotage it. Yeah, sure. sure. And, and so we both have known people that have been moving in a progressive line of achievement. Mm -hmm. And then something has to happen to kind of cut it short. Sure. Um, and it might be, you know, God forbid, a health problem or an accident, or losing their job, you know, or, you know, any number of things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that just, I think sometimes that the babies of the world, when they are born, they're either in a home that encourages creativity and encourages them to explore and, you know, keeps applauding the different things that right. they succeed at, or a little bit like Eeyore, you know, not much of a house, <laughs> not, not much of a donkey, and so I don't need much. Well, when you said not much of a house, I heard Fiddler on the Roof mm. uh, with, with Anatevka, because uh, it's not much of a town. Right, right. right they're, right. they're leaving Anatevka in Russia, and they're saying it's not much of a town. Um, yes, there are cultures, there are societies, there are groups of people who live their entire life from a perspective of depression, from a perspective of self-persecution, hmm. okay, and their children grow up in that environment and they know nothing different. I was one of them. <laughs> and So how did you break out? How did you decide enough's enough? Well, first of all, it took me 50 plus years to get there. Well, but you got there. I did get there. Right. I mean, and, and 
There's a story I tell. So let me tell this, this story here. And it's the story of little Johnny and the zookeeper. Okay. I haven't told this one yet? No. Oh, okay. So little Johnny goes to the zoo, and he's looking at the gorilla in the gorilla cage. It so happens that standing next to little Johnny is the zookeeper. So little Johnny looks at the zookeeper and says, how come the gorilla looks so sad? And the gorilla looks at little Johnny and says, well, it's because he's sitting on a nail. Oh, well, how come he doesn't get up and move? Because the pain isn't bad enough yet. Okay, so when it gets bad enough, you move. A few minutes later, along comes a bee. And the bee is flying all around the gorilla's face. And the gorilla's swatting at it and swinging its arms at the thing. And it's, it's getting more and more angry. Finally, the gorilla gets up and moves to the other side of the cage. Mr. Zookeeper, how come the gorilla moved now? Because the pain got bad enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there I was in my 50s. Okay. And the pain had gotten bad enough. Not really. I'll, I'll tell you. And I, I'm sitting in my office and I'm asking myself, why does life have to suck so much? Hmm. And I got an answer this time. And it was loud and audible and it was like somebody yelling it in my ear. And the answer was, it doesn't have to. Which, by the way, after 50 years of a life of being pissed off and a life that sucked, that just pissed me off more. Right, because you didn't want to be told that you could have changed it sooner. Oh, yeah, really. <laughs> or, or just even be told that it didn't have to be and I didn't have to live that life, mm-hmm. you know? And I did nothing with that for five more years because there's a principle that we've started talking about before mm-hmm. called environment is stronger than willpower. If you grow up in that environment of negativism, of self persecution of self-deprecation of everything sucks there's no way you're going to have a mindset that everything's wonderful no because it would go against everything that you believed in right you know environment is stronger than willpower Mm -hmm. when the pain gets bad enough we start questioning our beliefs Mm -hmm. and i got to the point where i said this this really sucks i don't want to live this way anymore now I actually did live with that that way for five more years. Did you begin to make little baby changes, though? I was doing stuff inside of myself and secretly, okay? Like like I was attending, uh, like I was buying video, cor- not video, but, but uh, audio courses that I would listen to in the car that were changing who I was. And did people begin to notice those changes? No. Really? No. Did you notice... Oh, yes. So you could see the difference, but other people were so used to seeing you as Paul this way Yeah. that even though the changes were occurring, they could only see who you had been. But it was those changes that brought me to the point of, of completing the divorce, mm-hmm. making the divorce happen the way I wanted it to. Okay. Okay, it was a very peaceful divorce. It was, uh, there were no attorneys involved, which was a condition of mine, um, and uh, we went our separate ways. Mm-hmm. I, I know you have children. Yes. So did the kids begin to see that Paul, their dad, that was their dad, is now a totally different dad? Well, certainly after. So, I mean, after the divorce, and we all went our separate ways, because at this point the kids were old enough to, one was already married, mm. and, and the other one moved out on his own. And um, it was then that I began the process of my change. Okay. Now, the kids certainly noticed that three years later, right. I was a completely different person. Right. Um, I need to ask this question, I yeah. guess, and that would be, did you wait until the children were at a certain age because then you felt like you could begin your own introspective journey? And, you know, so you didn't give yourself permission I did not. To make those changes any sooner? No, okay. I did not. I, I uh, was definitely of the belief that I needed to stay there to protect the children mm-hmm. until they were old enough to leave the house. Okay. And when they did, I left. You know, I made, made the leaving happen. Okay, all right. Would you have done it <clears throat> differently looking back? Yes. Okay. Do you think it would have taught your children a different kind of a lesson if you'd done it differently? 
Of course. I mean, it's like, change history, we learn different lessons. Right, uh, you know, right. uh, do I regret? And I say, now that's a different question. Mm -hmm. There's no regret to anything no. for me. No. For, you know, there, there is none in life, period. What, what is, is. Right. Right? And I think it happens when it's supposed to happen. Exactly. So we can't predetermine when that is. I mean, I think we just know somehow there's an internal clock that says now. Had, had I left when the kids were very small, which it was an issue back then, okay? Uh, so I could have left 20 years earlier. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't the right time. No, it wasn't the right time. The thing is, I don't know if I... Had I left 20 years earlier, would I become the person I am today? And would I be doing the things I am today? Mm -hmm. Or did I have to get to the point of utter desperation and pain and frustration and all of that that I got to so that I could become and be doing what I am doing today. You had to get off the nail. I had to get off the nail. Yeah. Whereas had I gotten off the nail much younger, I would have had a whole different life. Okay. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, maybe one of the things you and I have talked about because of your engineering background is these parallel dimensions. Mm -hmm. And so maybe there is a Paul in mm -hmm. a parallel dimension that did you know, make those changes sure. earlier, and is leaving or leading a life that is totally different than the life you're leading right now, and is equally happy, equally, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be. I, I think those are fascinating kinds of ideas because then the what if, it's not like you had to close a door no. or, or close a window. It's just that you might move over one dimension and say, okay, you can continue in this dimension and I'll move over here. And now we're you know, parallel to each other. Um, okay. Because some of the thought process is that we can borrow information from multiple dimensions. Yes. So, and that is totally intriguing to for, me. For the people interested in that, mm -hmm. uh, I would, you know, Google quantum jumping. Mm -hmm. And if you want, also Google parallel universes. Right. It's those two, the results of those two searches will fill you in on what we're talking about here. But the theory is, and, and it goes back to string theory in, in physics, mm -hmm. that there's an infinite number of strings or sequences of events that exist all simultaneously. Well, a part of it, and, and people will be able to identify with that even right now, is mm. you can have, and we've had this, you know, like um, the Wright brothers with their flying. I mean, there were people that were creating planes that flew simultaneously. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's so All those, invention happens that way. Exactly. So yes. there was a dimension over here that had this information in that maybe came in two years, three years earlier that they were working on. There's a dimension over here. And, you know, they weren't talking to one another, but it was all lining up so that when the planes first flew, you know, where did this idea come from? And is it something that could be happening simultaneously? You know, just, I mean, we don't know. We and, don't know. and I don't know that we're going to understand that until we're not in this physical form anymore. And then we can probably go, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like obvious. They, yeah, why, why didn't I see that? <laughs> so, um, but, but, so back to Eeyore. Let's come back to, to how it begins mm -hmm. for children. Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm in the process of wrapping, dotting the I's and crossing the T's for a new product that I'm offering about happiness. And one of the topics in there is children, how we are born. And babies, if you've ever had a newborn baby in your hands or, or you've ever known somebody who's had a brand new baby, babies are born happy. Mm -hmm. They giggle, they smile. Yeah, if they're hungry or they're in pain, they're going to cry. But absent of those two things, they're happy. It isn't until later that emotional pain and anger and grief and, and sadness and all of that come about. So how does that happen? How do we go from being happy to, to, to being not happy? And that process is a process of losing or, or find, uh, covering up, covering up our happiness mm -hmm. so that we can't find it anymore. So somebody, let, let's you know, go down the rabbit hole with that one for sure. a minute. So now somebody who is a happy child, 
and begins to experience, um, you know, it could be even, you know, mom has to go back to work, and so now the person that has been associated with all of that child's security mm -hmm. is not there. Right. So they're beginning to experience loss. Yep. And they're beginning to experience fear, you know, like, is yeah. mom going to come back, abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of saying that those emotions cover that original happiness that they came with. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what happens. And, uh, and then is it just layer upon layer upon layer? And the happiness well, it's, it's, is really buried? It's unfortunately a little more insidious. Mm. Um, because as we experience things that remove or, or, or drive our emotional state from happiness into sadness, mm. uh, the first place where we typically experience that is around the age of two or one and a half, the first time your parent tells you no. Because here you are, you want something. You're happy as a lark, you're enjoying life, and you want this thing, and now you're being restricted from having it. Mm -hmm. So that's the first time we get to experience the loss of happiness and sadness. So it could be that child that's in the cereal aisle, or the candy aisle, and saying, I want that, and mom or dad is saying, no, we're not having that. Right, right. So whatever it is, and, and that's loss of uh, restriction of our will is one of the ways that our happiness moves into sadness. Okay. Some of the other possibilities are say the loss of something. It could be the loss of a toy. It could be mom coming home late from work, not when we expected. Because remember, we're talking about a three or four year old mind, right, right. right? So these little things are big traumatic losses to the child. Right, okay. because they don't know, does this mean she's never coming home? Right. So what's more insidious, is that, yes, we have the experience. Yes, our emotions go from happiness into sadness. Mm -hmm. if, if we're there for long, if we're in that sadness for more than like a few minutes, our mind is going to start coming up with a rational reason for why we're here. It's an explanation. And that explanation is a belief that they, that's being created at the moment. Um... Uh, when, when, when it gets to be dinner time and mommy is not here yet and I start feeling scared, that scared is associated with dinner time. Mm. This is a three-year-old mind, four-year-old right. mind coming up with that association. Right. Even though it makes no rational sense to us as, a, as an adult. Okay. Now, like take, I'm never going to eat again. I'm never. Yeah, that could be. That mm. could be, right? Mm -hmm. Now, take that four-year-old with that belief and fast forward 20 years. Mm -hmm. What impact could that have on their life? Oh, eating disorders could occur for sure. Yeah. So the memory of the event of mom coming home late that night, that's long gone. We don't remember that event. That was 20 years ago. How do I remember that? The belief, that's still in the mind driving our behavior. Mm -hmm. And so how many beliefs that we probably have collected over the years are going to be driving negative behavior? Precisely. I don't want to say negative. Let us say disempowering behavior. Power, a behavior that is not supportive of what we want. So if you want happiness, which is what we were talking about, the difference with Eeyore, uh, you know, believing that he didn't deserve to be happy because he wasn't much of a donkey. Right. Uh, so if I'm not much of anything, then I guess you know, this is all I deserve in life. Uh, and his belief system really powered everything he did. Absolutely. I mean, if he believes, there's two things he believes about himself. One, he's worthless. Mm -hmm. Two, the world around him is out to get him. It's against him. Okay, with those two beliefs, he creates a world that sucks. Hello, anybody remember the story I was telling you earlier? Mm -hmm. Okay, so with those two beliefs, I created a world that sucked. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I had a world and a life that sucked. Today I believe that I am worthy and deserving of everything I want. Everything. And you're not selfish for thinking that way. Not at all. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's one of the keys, you know, that belief has to be dug out and buried someplace. It is in there, uh, yes. Yeah, because it's still there. Um, you know, that, because how many times, I, I can remember even, and my, my parents were better than the average, um, but I can remember them saying, you know, 
think of the starving children in India or think of you know those that don't have what you have and so you would begin to realize you know I'm being selfish or I'm you know I'm not you're being taught selfishness exactly you're being taught the concept of selfishness uh-huh. Uh-huh. even though you're not being selfish really no but I mean for somebody who is little that is being denied something that they want there was I have always had a thing for bears for teddy bears okay uh, and it started when I was very very young but um, I remember very clearly going with my mom to Indianapolis we lived uh, in a, a small town that was about an hour outside of Indianapolis and so we went there on a frequent basis and there was a toy store that we had stopped in and I'm not sure whether it was because I had a brother birthday that was coming up or something like that because it wasn't to get me something but I remember going to the toy store however there was a little remember Stife the little Stife bear company (laughs) well they they made really well made bears okay okay? and they came in different sizes and there was a little one that was a little you know female bear and they would put little clothes on it and yeah I mean it was really really cute and they still make these Stife bears Alright. But um, I was, I wanted this little bear. I, had, I, we, yeah. I knew we were getting yeah. to, I wanted, yeah. Yeah, I wanted this little <coughs> bear. And so mom was evidently getting ready to leave. She'd made whatever purchase she wanted to make. And, um, and I had handed her the bear, you know, because it was something that I wanted. And she said, no, we can't get the bear this time. Well, I pocketed that little bear. It was small enough that I somehow hit it. Now, whether I had a little purse with me, probably, um, but, you know, somehow I walked out with that bear. And so now we are maybe 20 minutes away from the store, and I bring that little bear out and Mm. start playing with it. And it's just mom and me. And so she sees me playing with this bear that she said no to, turns the car around, which was the very best thing she could have done, Mm -hmm. and made me go back into the store and hand the bear back to the owner and say, I'm so sorry I took this. Um, you know, and I didn't get to keep it, you know, and I had to say goodbye to the bear. Um, but um, the lesson that I came away with, even to this day, was that, you know, that was a very selfish thing to do, that, that you don't um, take something, number one, that doesn't belong to you, but number two, if, you know, if somebody says no, then, you know, accept. Um, and that it doesn't mean that I guess the lesson I came away with was somehow that I was being selfish because I wanted it Um, as opposed to that's a beautiful bear I know you really want it maybe you'll get it for your birthday Um, you know maybe it'll be uh, be under the Christmas tree from Santa Claus or something like that but that wasn't the message I got the message I received was that was a very selfish thing to do and so you fight those messages even into those adulthood. Those are voices. Yeah. Those are voices in your head. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think a lot of us, you know, myself included, still deal with maybe those kind of voices that if you want something that is out of the ordinary, you know, isn't something that you need, it's just something that you want, and we have a differentiation there, um, that, you know, that, that's important to understand, that it's okay to desire things that you don't really need. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but but that's a lesson that a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. we we're, we fall into two categories, I have found. We fall mm-hmm. into the categories of people that give, that are constant givers, and we fall into the categories of those who like to take, and they're constant takers. And finding that balance, because it's okay to have both. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can... You need to have both. Well, I think so, but... Man, there's, you know, look at all of the people that fall into the social work, even the medicine. Yeah, You know, sure. I mean, I, I just had surgery, and I, the doctor I had, I'm sure, is absolutely phenomenal. And he knows that he's a very good surgeon. Now, does he go out and reward himself for having done a week's worth of amazing surgeries? Or probably not. Probably not. <clears throat> he, he probably <throat> says, this is my job in life is to save lives and to do you know something that is beneficial to others but is he taking care of himself correct we don't know that you know he may or may not be well the typical doctor is not for uh-huh, sure uh-huh. yeah <clears throat> yeah um, 
we've talked about so many topics here. I'm not sure what to go back to. Uh, well, understanding that the... Okay, but I think understanding, you know, I keep coming back to Eeyore, that yeah. understanding that Eeyore's belief started, you know, maybe when he was a little, donkey. Was a little bitty donkey. Yeah. Somehow he believed that he wasn't much of a donkey. And so I mean, that suppose, was his core belief. suppose when he was a baby donkey, you know, his mother was ill. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to draw a picture here, okay? So his, his, his mother was sick. Right. And his father was dealing with his mother all the time, so there really was no time for Eeyore. And Eeyore was always kicked, you know, out of the way, and, and don't, you know, don't, don't bother us right now. We're, we're dealing with important things. Mm-hmm. And so poor little Eeyore had to go wander off all by himself. Then there was that time he got stung by a bee, mm-hmm. and, and then he got bit by a snake, too. Remember that one? And then, and then you know, as, as a little baby donkey, his life was just beginning to totally suck. Yeah. And then he grew up that way. Right. Nothing changed, you know, after that, right? Just life went on and life continued to suck. And, and here we meet Eeyore. And we meet him. Do you remember the um, book Black Beauty? Yeah. Okay, the similar story with a horse. Uh, sure, Because, yes. you know, uh, Black Beauty was taken away from the original stables. Yep. And, you know, there was all kinds of hardships. And, you know, so coming from stability into maybe instability and then finding your way back to stability can be a real challenge yes and i'll tell you what i just had a thought here mm-hmm. we should probably talk about why <laughs> okay why do we go through that process why should we have to go through all those childhood traumas that mess us up mm-hmm. right and the reason we do is to shape and mold our character to set us up for our purpose in life right and sometimes it takes a long time to find that purpose. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So what's Eeyore's purpose? We don't know yet. Oh. Eeyore's still looking for his purpose. I mean, right, right now, Eeyore's purpose is to teach us that life doesn't have to suck. Right, right. And right? to recognize, you know, that as he laments about his state in life, mm-hmm. that that isn't necessarily where he has to be. Right, right. And even a child can begin to see that, you know, that maybe he should be a little bit more like Piglet. <laughs> you know, just find a few more things to be happy about. And I, I believe, now I've not had the opportunity to test this, okay? Because mm-hmm. my kids were growing by the time I learned, you know, and went through this transformation myself. I believe that if we teach children from two years on how to live in the moment, how to, how to deal with their unhappiness by simply changing what they want. Uh-huh. If we, if, you know, that's called distraction. We do it with kids all the time. Sure. But if we explain to them that that's what we're doing, we, I'm distracting your mind so that you will think about what you want. Oh, you mean I can do that myself for the rest of my life from two years on? That would be amazing. Right. Okay? Because then we get to go through life without the pain. Right. And... You know, I'm just I'm thinking of so many people that during 2020, I mean, just to make it more relevant, all of 2020 and already a good portion of 2021, um, we were being told that we had to deny ourselves. Yes, quite. Yeah. Quite. And so, you know, that denial for the Eeyores of the world was horrible. Was devastating. Yeah, just devastating. because, I mean, they couldn't have family support, they couldn't do this, they couldn't do that. Anything that brought them joy or happiness might have been taken away from them. Quite. So now it's a matter of saying, I can have it, um, I deserve it, um, I um, you know, don't have to feel like I am selfish. Correct. For So it's changing again those maybe internal beliefs that were almost rock solid. Yeah, really. For, for so many people. They were the air we until, breathed. Right. I, I would say up until three months ago. Three months ago we began to barely creep out and say maybe there is a life after COVID. Yes, quite. Um, but for a lot of people it still isn't. I mean, I go into the, the stores without a mask. And I know you do, but I still see people shopping in their cars with a mask on, walking down the streets with their mask on, and I'm thinking, holy cow, you know, I mean, they're going to live the rest of their life in fear 
which then does more damage than otherwise. Yeah, let's. Uh, what what they do is their problem. Mm-hmm. What you do is your problem. Right. So, but if wh- you're looking for happiness, like Eeyore. Well, so what we just hit on mm-hmm. was the last sentence of this email. Mm-hmm. Think of things that make you happy mm-hmm. all day, every, every day. day. Right, right. Right? Wow. Where are we on time? Um, we still have a few more minutes left. Okay. So Give the website. I, I want to, I guess, help families for a second understand this principle because I think a lot of families do maybe read you know, uh, Christopher Robbins. Yes. Uh, I, I would hope they do. Uh, you know, The Giving Tree, The Velveteen Rabbit, there's so oh, many, yes. you know, wonderful books out there to still teach these virtues and, and comments about love and life. So if you have maybe a child who um, has been frightened out of their mind because of the pandemic, and maybe they've had, you know, a grandparent die or somebody in their family that has died from, you know, this illness, uh, this virus that uh, permeated everything that we did. Um, The Eeyore kind of complex would say, see, I knew life was always going to be this way. You know, they would just kind of give up and say, there's no point in trying, you know, because life is always going to suck, as you say. Yes. how would you maybe take that child, you know, if you're a grandparent or if you're a parent uh, or if you're just a close friend, an adult friend, how would you take that child and maybe through books, maybe through art, maybe through music, begin to help them find these little gems of happiness? Yeah, yeah. Well, if, given this, the picture you just drew... I really think you need you need to come back and deal with the painful points. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Grandma passed away. We love Grandma. Uh, we remember Grandma. We'll remember her forever. Mm-hmm. And we can just be happy in that. We can be happy in our remembering Grandma. Could you maybe, and, and this is where I was going with some of this, t- to create the happiness part. Could you maybe say, you know, what was one or two of the things that Grandma loved to do? Sure. And then perpetuate that. So if grandma loved to bake, then the child, as they're remembering grandma, the happiness would come, let's bake her brownies. Yes. Let's bake her Christmas bread. Yes. You know, finding things that, instead of remembering from a sad point of view, recreating the happy moments. Yeah, yeah. When, um, when it, I guess it was my wife's, father yeah so it was my wife's father so it would be my father-in-law mm-hmm. uh, when he had passed away they threw a party mm-hmm. <laughs> okay it, it wasn't a time of mourning it was, was a time of celebration it was a time of celebration exactly yeah, right uh, quite a contrast from when my mother passed away and and uh, they had minion uh, Jewish uh, service at my home every night for a week mm-hmm. totally different experience we, we can look at every experience in life from how bad it is or from how good it is. Right, right. And regardless of even the length of a lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. there's always beautiful things that have happened. I mean, we know a lot of children that died, unfortunately, because of different diseases at an early age, but they've mm-hmm. written books, they've made movies, you know, because there are moments that are worth remembering and treasuring. Yeah. And so, you know, it's an active part, and I guess maybe that's the key, is recognizing that you have to be actively seeking happiness. Yes, you, you do have to actively be seeking. So, back to the beliefs, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I, I mentioned how um, I think the, the, other, the second belief that I wanted to mention was that I believe that everything in the universe is for my benefit. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we believe that we are totally worthy and deserving of everything we want, and we believe that the universe is completely on our side mm-hmm. to help us and get, uh, help us get everything we want, mm-hmm. then we will see the world. Mm-hmm. We will always every experience, we will see the good in it, no matter how ugly it was. 
Well, I think we begin to understand that the universe provides the lessons maybe that we need. And so it is shaping us. Um, and like you said earlier, to find your purpose. Yes. So if you're not sure what your purpose is and you know, you're not 10 years old saying I'm going to save lives as a physician. Right. Um, you know, maybe you're 10 years old and you're going, I have no idea what I want to do. You know, then if you're open to the universe guiding you, then it will do so. And it may do so with lessons that are not always comfortable lessons. Correct. But those lessons will help shape and define what your purpose will be in life. And we just have to be open to receiving. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess if we're in an experience that does not feel good, mm-hmm. we might look at that and say, oh, this is bad because it doesn't feel good. Mm. So guess what? Feel good is not a factor here. Right. Okay, actually, when it doesn't feel good, be grateful because now you're getting stronger. There's an old saying, what doesn't kill us, kills us. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. stronger. They made a uh, song about that. Did they really? Yeah, they did. It was a country, okay. country song of some sort. But I remember that. I can hear the melody in my right. head. <laughs> so, you know, suppose you get your first job out of, out of high school and it's uh, cleaning the floors at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not, you know, the most glamorous job in the world. Right. Okay. But I'll tell you what, you do that for six months, one, you're going to have lots of skills that you've learned. You've, you've learned how to be responsible. You've learned how to properly clean a floor. You've, you've learned how to watch out for other people's safety while you're cleaning the floor. Mm-hmm. Now you get to take those skills and do something else that is more a little bit more glamorous. And you know, it's only your second job, so hang on, okay? It's a little more glamorous, but you're going to use those skills. Right. You'll be using those skills for the rest of your life. Right. That's so everything is of benefit. And it's recognizing that, you know, that there isn't a good or a bad. It's just all here to help us understand life and to, you know, guide us in a a new direction. So, um, you know, there's so much more that we could talk about. Yes. Um, All right. So why don't you let people know where they can find you? Sure. Um, And um, especially if you have your new website. Um, for your classes that are going to be coming up on on happiness, correct? Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so first, the website mm-hmm. is I deserve a perfect life. dot com mm-hmm. because you do, mm-hmm. and uh, the new program will be coming out. It's called. Um, and actually, there's a webinar right in front of it. Be happy. Be more happy. Be more happy. Webinar. So I deserve a perfect life. dot com forward slash be more happy webinar okay and go check that out it's free and it gives a whole bunch of amazing tips on how to be more happy well and i think people are absolutely looking for that right now uh, you know it might be having a little victory garden because you've been able to come outside for the first time in months and months but um, the happiness part is elusive unless you begin to understand I can take these steps to get there. Yeah. And so you're going to provide the steps. Absolutely. Uh, that I think that is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, everybody. Well, um, you know, we've come to the conclusion of another show on the Synergy Connection Show. Again, um, if you want to look for some of Paul's older shows with me, go to www.synergyconnectionradio.com. There's, I think, now 15 pages of shows about a total of 150 and just scroll through and find um, you know Paul Levin's name Uh, there's a synopsis on each and every show so you can kind of get an idea of whether you want to listen to a particular one but there's some amazing things that Paul and I have discussed over these past three years now it's hard to believe that the show has been on for three years but it has been so go out there and make this your very, very best life. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give 
give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.